Blog Talk Radio. There's a million dollars in the back. On it to meet the ride and the moon in the sun. Friday that we celebrate before our Easter Sunday. 
This was the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and it is to commemorate the Christian uh, church, how we just love the Lord, and how this Good Friday or our Holy Friday is considered to be a celebration of joy for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, let me slow down. I forget that we have been invited to be on Worldwide uh, Radio with World Power, Radio and TV. We have interpreters also with Marking Service Radio. So we're going to have to slow down and talk slow because we have interpreters. Well, let me say it again. This biblical meaning of Good Friday is significant for us Christians because it commemorates Jesus Christ's last sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. This is an important and solemn day where we moan, we fast, we reflect, we rejoice, and we look at the suffering and death of Jesus. It is a reminder that the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, I am that I am, that God's love and grace, he gave his only son, according to John 3.16, to save humanity from their sins. And we believe that the grace of the Lord is with us, is with our loved ones, eternally because of this Good Friday, this Holy Week sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This gives us strength. It lights our way that we have a chance to the everlasting kingdom that God has prepared a place for us. We hope that the Lord keeps you safe as you sit back, relax, and surround your life with happiness knowing that Jesus was stripped of his clothing, offered vinegar, mixed with myrrh, and oil to drink. He was then hung between two convicted thieves, and according to the gospel of Christ, he died on the ninth hour of the day, about 3 o'clock p.m. So we hope that this Good Friday is important to you, and all over the world, that this Christian religion, again, commemorates the crucifixion and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus made sacrifice, and he suffered in his life so that we could have a chance to be repented of our sins. Don't you know that Jesus is the repair of the breach? Because of what we did in the Garden of Eden, we disobeyed God. There was none that had a pure heart and clean hands that Jesus, that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to come into this world to be crucified when he was 33 to 40 years old at the time of his death so that we, throughout this whole world, that we can have a chance a chance to live and not die. This Friday is also before our Easter Sunday, which is coming up in two days, which celebrate 
the resurrection of Christ. Again, we thank you for tuning in to us tonight. We have dynamic speakers. I just want to say a little introduction before we get started. We have Apostle Alexander Lockamy out of Irwin, North Carolina. He's been in ministry over 40 years. He's an awesome speaker. Do you know that God has blessed him with the wisdom gift? He's able to see behind the veil. He's able to rightly divide the word of truth. And God imparts knowledge and understanding and wisdom from the Holy Spirit that we can understand all spiritual truth. We also have Pastor Annie Gaskin. She is from Victory Temple, a woman that's anointed and appointed to stir up, hey, that Holy Ghost inside of you. We also have none other than Archbishop. Uh, this is a lady that over three years ago, she opened up a radio station, My King Service, and we were able uh, to broadcast all over the world. I have 124 listeners weekly. We thank God for her. We have Dr. James Ellis Jones, one of the most awesome preachers and teachers of seminary studies, and he can rightly divide the word of truth. Then we have none other than Apostle himself, Dr. Anthony T. Mays. This is the gentleman that extended even up to another level to Worldwide Power Radio and TV. Tonight, you are in attendance with over millions and millions of people around the world are joining in. And I understand that this broadcast will be on Facebook and YouTube. We salute Dr. Anthony T. Mays, the apostle, who have taken it to another level. Then we will have uh, Reverend Leroy Rice, and Lady Rice, we thank Reverend Leroy Rice that he is going to give us that summarization of the word that you will hear tonight. So, again, we want you to sit back and relax as we get started, and we are just going to celebrate the birth, the death, the resurrection, all tied in together as we listen to the dynamic speakers. Before we have our scripture and prayer reading, we want to uh, listen to Aretha Franklin, one of the favorite songs that was uh, sung even at Dr. Martin Luther King's funeral is, Oh, Mary, Don't You Weep. Let us sit back and enjoy before we get started. Amen. Amen.
You will now hear our scripture and prayer to start off with Lady Rice. Again, we will hear our scripture and prayer. We ask everyone at this time to be mindful that we can hear everything from turning up paper, coughing, sneezing, moving around. We ask that you be a little still so we can be courteous of each speaker. Again, we hear static in the background and noise. And we're asking those even who have to cough to please don't cough in the phone because we're picking up everything. God bless you again. This is Worldwide Live, and we thank Dr. Anthony uh, T. Mays for taking it to another level. Uh, we will now hear Lady Rice, which you come and start off in Scripture and prayer. Yes, ma'am. Greetings, greetings, greetings to everyone that's listening. Hallelujah. To peace be to unto everyone and to honor. I give honor to God. Hallelujah. Our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who is the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. I give him glory. I give him honor. I give him praise. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And I'd be reading from Galatians 2, the verse, 20th verse, 2nd Galatians, and the 20th verse. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I'd be reading from the Amplified Bible. I have been crucified with Christ. That is him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ 
exist in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith. By clinging to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up to me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just worship him right now, right now, right now, where you are. Hallelujah. Oh, just give him praise. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand and worship him. Worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, he did it all. He did it all for me. Hallelujah. He did it all for us. Hallelujah. He didn't have to do it. Hallelujah. But he did. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful right now. Hallelujah. That he was about his father's business. Hallelujah. God, hallelujah, gave his son, hallelujah, not to condemn the world, hallelujah, by, by his son, through his son, that this, my life, your life, will be saved. This world will be saved. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful right now. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise you right now, Lord God. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We magnify you. We magnify you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. We just praise you. We just praise you. Just praise you, Lord God. With all that's in me, with all that's in us, we just praise you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord God, for your for your benefits, Lord God, who forgive us all your all of our sins, Lord God, who heal us all of our diseases, who redeem your life, redeem our life, hallelujah, from the pit, who crowns us, hallelujah, with loving kindness and tender mercy, Lord God, who sanctifies your, who sanctifies our years, Lord God, with good things, hallelujah, and renew our strength like the eagles, Lord God. We just thank you right now, Lord God. We just praise you, Lord God. Right now, Lord God, we just say saturate each and every speaker right now, Lord God. Saturate each and every speaker with power, Lord God, with your anointing, Lord God. Saturate each and every Speaker, Lord God, hallelujah, to rightly divine and divine bring your word, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Saturate us, Lord God. Saturate us with your power from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, Lord God. Saturate us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you. Amen. Nehemiah 8, 6, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Amen. Lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads.
and worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. When we receive a word from the Lord, our answer should be, Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Let the church say, Let the church <laughs> say amen. Yeah, yeah. Let the church let them say amen. If you believe the word, let the whole church say amen. God has spoken. So let the church. Yes, let the church say amen by Brother Andre Crouch, that now we are going to hear those words spoken on the, on the cross by our Christ. Our first speaker at this time, he's going to introduce himself, as well as the rest of the speakers are going to introduce themselves and give the title of their church or ministry and after which they will give us the word that Jesus said on that Good Friday for us. Our first word will be coming from Apostle Alexander Lockemy. You may begin, sir. Yes, this is Apostle Alexander Lockemy of Irwin, North Carolina, 402 North 13th Street in Irwin. We count the privilege and an honor to be able to minister tonight on this verse of scripture and show it. Uh, to be able to say what thus said the Lord and may the Holy Spirit give us what to say and when we said that it might find you right where you're sitting. We have been given Luke twenty three and thirty four, it may be in the other gospels, but we're coming from Luke twenty three and thirty four. And our title this evening is Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lot. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They was crucifying Jesus. They had beat him all all night long for no reason at all. They took him to the judgment hall and they whooped him and took off his raiment, his clothes, and put a purple robe on him and, and called himself shaming him and bursting him and and pulled out his beard, and he said that he was not even recognizable when the morning came because he had treated him so bad that night, and they put the robe, they put the purple robe on him, and they took his robe, and because his mother had made the robe in one piece, it wasn't something other that you could tear apart. It was woven within without. So they cast, you know, it was one of those robes that, that it was special because he was a special person, and his mama made it special for him. So it was like a one-piece thing. But nevertheless, they treated him so bad all night long. And after that morning came, they took him to Golgotha Hill. And you know the story. They hung him on the cross. And he hung there. And he saw all that they did. And you and I would have been angry. Who would not have been angry? First of all, accused of a crime that you 
have not in committee, accused to be a murderer, accused to be a liar, accused to be a blasphemer, and all those things. They accused him of he was innocent. Why? Because the thief on the cross was a witness that he was innocent. And I want to get into that because somebody else had that. But I just want to let you know the thief on the cross was a witness that he was innocent. But yet, seeing all these things, he could have been full of anger. He could have been full of rage. But you that may not know it, he was not vulnerable, but he did not have the ability to come down off the cross. Yes, they said to him, if you be the son of God, come down off that cross. Show us that you are God. Uh, show us your power. They just really did not know. So Jesus already said they don't know what they're doing. They didn't even know what they were saying when they were saying that. Jesus had the power to step out off that cross and destroy the whole world if he wanted to. He could have ended it if he wanted to. He could have called 12 legions of angels and they'd have killed everything that was standing there. There would have been nothing left. He could have he could have cleaned the ground like a nuclear bomb if he wanted to. This is how powerful Jesus was. But Jesus looked beyond the frailty. He looked beyond his flesh. He looked beyond what they said. You know, sometimes we know we move by what people say. We had that kind of power, and, and they were told us to show that. Boy, we'd have showed off on that cross. Boy, I thought I'd throw a lightning bolt here, a lightning bolt there. They would have known for sure that, that I was the son of God, and I would have let them know I was the son of God. But I'm so glad that I'm not the one who hanging on the cross, and I'm so glad that you won't hang on the cross. You probably done one the same thing I did. You got all in the flesh, all in self. You would have showed those men right quickly how much power you had and whose son you was. But he looked beyond that, and he saw my soul. He saw your soul. He knew that if he had took authority in his hand, that you and I would not have a right to the tree of life. So he looked beyond what they said. Sometimes you got to look beyond what people say. If people are hurt, your people are do you wrong. And if you start looking at what people do to you, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's your supervisor, and you and you were done wrong, overlooked on the job, and you looking at what they've done to you. But the scripture said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus knew that when he hung on the cross, that he was not wrestling those men down there said, Lord, come down that cross if you got the power. If you be the son of God, come down. He was not wrestling against them. He was wrestling against demonic forces over his head, demons, the devil, the one that had him hung on the cross in the first place. He knew that if he had satisfied those men by doing what they asked him to do to come out of the cross, he would not he would not have done the will of God. And men's soul, our soul would have been doomed. Our soul would have been lost. So Jesus looked beyond that. He saw that they did not know that he was the Son of God. They really didn't. They really thought he was some uh, schemer. Uh, they would really thought that he was some false prophet. Uh, they, they really thought that he was a hypocrite. They just thought he somebody came along trying to, but they, come on, talking about you the son of God and you were raised with us. I mean, come on, we, we know where you live. We know your mama. We know your daddy. We know your brother. We know what school you went to. We know what neighborhood you played on the playground with us. I dare. You're going to say you the son of God. That don't even make no sense. And that's the way they thought. And Jesus said they thought that way because if they had known that he was the son of God, the Bible said they would not have crucified him, but they did not know. They not, did not know because they were so angry. They were so jealous. They were so full of rage. Even the scripture had said he was coming. Even the prophet prophesied that he was coming. It was said from the book of Genesis, even now, that he was coming. And because they were jealous, because they were envious, because they were looking in the spirit, they missed the opportunity to know that he was the son of God. But him not being angry, 
He has not been jealous. He has not full of malice. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what we do. In my closing, you and I got to do the same thing. Quit looking at what people do to you. Quit looking at how people treat you. Quit looking at how they hurt you. Yes, they meant to do it. Some of them meant to do it. Some of them did despitefully. Despitefully, they meant to hurt you. They wanted you to know they hurt you. But what you got to do is forgive them and say the same thing Jesus said, Lord, forgive them. Now, understand, y'all, it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't know that they knew what they did because he did know they knew what they did. They know they crucified him. They know they hung him on the cross. But they did it ignorantly because if they had known spiritually that he was the son of God, they would not have done it. People hurt you and think they're hurting you, but they really hurt their own self. So you look beyond that and do like Jesus did and forgive them and say to God, they know not what they do. Be blessed. Amen and amen. We thank you so much for that dynamic word, Apostle Lockamy. Again, we ask everybody to be mindful um, that there's other speakers that's coming and to uh, just be uh, mindful of the sounds in the background. God bless you again. You're listening to the Good Friday service, the seven last words. We will now hear our second word from Pastor Annie Gaskin. Praise the Lord. Pastor Annie Gaskin's Victory Temple Church, 5434 Lively, Virginia, 22503. Tonight I'm speaking to you. Today you will be with me in paradise. So I am coming from Luke, the 23rd chapter, starting at the 36th, and I'm going to read down to the 43rd verse. Praise the Lord. And the soldier also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And saying, if you be the king of the Jews, save yourself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the male factors which were hung rail on him, saying, if you be Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do not you fear God, seeing you are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Today shall you be with me in paradise. On a hill of cavalry, Roman soldier led Jesus to the place where he could die for all mankind. Jesus was blameless without sin and was not guilty of such a horrified death. But two men who were guilty of the crime hung next to him that day. 
both men spoke to Jesus, but only one would die to be greeted into the promise of heaven. Jesus spoke these truthful words. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The story of the criminals on the cross took place in Luke 23, 36, 43, which I just read. This sentence spoke whole true promise for all who choose to believe in their heart. Crucifixion was not a swift process, but it was an execution day full of torture with the Romans reserved only for the worst criminals, of which their own people was exempted. A weak pride, Jesus was greeted with celebration as people shouted, Hosanna. And days later, crowds demand his death. Beaten and tortured, Jesus did not resist, for he knew that this was what must have to happen. This was his greatest act of love and the world has ever seen. Finally, the destination of this crucifixion rode with a hill called Calvary. And there next to Jesus hung two criminals, both guilty of the crimes they had been convicted for. And as the soldier mocked Jesus, one of the criminals swung in an insult to Jesus. But the second criminal changed course and took a different approach. Humiliated and hanging for his crime, this criminal acknowledged that he deserved to hang as he did. But Jesus did not. He turned his face and direct his sincere heart to Jesus, asking that he be remembered in the kingdom. The second criminal believed Jesus was who he said he was, and it was clear to him that Jesus was dying for a crime he did not and was not guilty of. Even in his final breath, His criminal came to salvation, showing us that as long as you have breath in your lungs, you can be saved no matter how close to the end of life. The second of Jesus in the instant was proclaimed to the criminal. And as he promised the sinner that he too would enter the gates of heaven to live in paradise, Not later, but that day. This was significant for it represents Jesus, who he was doing at that moment. Jesus took on our sins, our debts, our guilt, and died for them. He did not have to do this, but his entire purpose in coming to earth was not only to love us, not only to show us, but take the humanity of flesh, but died for us in order to free us from sin. Jesus, three days later, he will rise, and the promise will be fulfilled that death had no hold on him or those under his promise of salvation. 
We are not told what the criminal stole to be convicted guilty of. But whatever it was, it was worth of the most severe punishment. Even a crime so terrible that man would consider worthy of death and could forgiven by Jesus. The death of Jesus on the cross and his promise to the sinner next to him represent compassion of Christ towards man, kind. How Christ responded to the criminals next to him has taken away from Christians today. No matter how severe the sin, there is opportunity for salvation and forgiveness from Christ. Even in the final breath of life, Jesus died for our transgression. And in that forgiveness abides for us. This guilty criminal acknowledged Jesus as Savior, for he acknowledged his kingdom. Jesus knew his heart and granted the promise that despite earth's sentence upon this man, he would enter the gates of heaven that very day. In a world that is quick to not only judge but to condemn, it is magnificent relief to know that at the end of it all, God has the final say. And if we choose to recognize Jesus as Lord, as Savior, we can rest assurance that we too will enter the gates of paradise, just as the criminal on the cross next to Jesus did. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is hope. And the promise of Jesus Christ that he is loving, filled of forgiveness, and true to his word. He promised and prophesied that following him and accepting him as Savior will grant the freedom of eternal life with God. That hope is for all mankind. And it's continually today. Hebrews 13 and 8 remind us that God is saying yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So in that the very promise given to those living when the word was spoken is available to us today. We can hope and promise that confessing Jesus is Lord is the key to life and life eternal with him in paradise. The second criminal reaching his own final moment choked some of his final words calling out to Jesus in the flush. He knew that the misdeed of his life had landed him at the place where he would deserve such a punishment. And yet he knew within himself that the blameless man who hung next to him was pale and without blemish. He sought Jesus as a lowly man to recognize his sin, but to also recognize that Jesus was who he said he was. He believed Jesus was the Savior. Jesus promised this criminal that he too would be in paradise with him, 
just as the other and has offered. Jesus promised that, the same promise today. It is up to us to come before Jesus. Yes, covered in sin, praise God, but also in the position of being able to receive his forgiveness, his promise of eternal life, and his love. No matter how detrimental your sins may be, just like the criminal on the cross, heaven can await you as well as you turn to Christ. So today, Jesus is telling us, glory to God, no matter what you have done in life, that God can forgive. No matter what the circumstances might be, that he can forgive. So we know as the criminals that was on the cross, glory to God. We know one made it in, but the other one could have made it into. My God, all we got to do is reach out and say, Lord, have mercy on me as a sinner. Glory to God. And I just want to thank God for reaching down one day when I was a criminal and a sinner, praise God, and gave me full life that I can have a right to the tree of life. And I thank God, thank God for his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Truly, that was a powerful word from Pastor Annie Gaskin. We're going to go to our third word now, again, with Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Amen. Yes, if you focus your attention on John, the 19th chapter, the 26th and the 27th verse, it reads, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to his disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After researching this verse of scripture, we see that all this has happened to Jesus that need on we went to the judgment hall, been arrested, went to the judgment hall and been tortured and punished all night long and beat and questioned and Finally brought up to Golgotha Hill, where he has been nailed, now nailed to the cross, hands and foot, and he's been there uh, for a little while. And no doubt a crowd came up there to see it, you know, like going to the courthouse and then somebody been tried. Some of them might didn't even know Jesus. They just they, they didn't even know who he really was. He was just there for the show. They were there for the scenery, they were there for the trial. You know how it is. Sometimes folks love to see bad stuff when a wreck happens. Everybody want to come and see a wreck, not so much who's living, but see how bad the wreck was. So here it is at the cross here, gazing on Jesus, some laughing, and some might have been drinking, and you know, no, some were joking, and some were throwing rocks, and they were doing all kind of things that day because they didn't think that he was who he was anyway. And even after all that, Jesus was noticeable to notice that his mother was out there, and he knew that his disciples was out there, and, 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 and Mary was looking on him, and no doubt her heart was broken 
to see her son hung up on that cross, nailed to that tree. Her heart was far different than everybody else said, but this is my son hanging there. And he felt her. He felt her hurt. He felt her grief. Now, after research, a research in the scripture, I, I, I found out that it, it didn't say, but it, it was more or less preferring to the fact that Joseph may have passed. Joseph may was not alive. It could be that that, that, that Joseph, Joseph was not there that day because he had passed off the scene. So the only ones that there that day was his disciples. And, and, and Jesus was the oldest son of the family of his brothers. So for that reason, the oldest son was responsible to take care of the mother when the daddy wasn't there. And since Jesus was not being hung on the cross, he understood that he couldn't take care of his mother no more. That responsibility wouldn't be on him no more. So that's why he said, woman, behold thy son. In other words, telling her, behold me, I'm here on the cross. I, I can't help you no more. I can't be there with you no more. And then he transferred his, his authority to the disciples. And he said to the disciples, because he knew that they were faithful, he said, behold my mother. In other words, take care of my mother. I give you the responsibility now to take care of my mother because I can't do it. So for that Bible said, and that disciple, that's why it said that disciple took her back to his house because he had just been given a responsibility to take care of the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it is today as families, you know, we ought to look out for one another. We ought to take care of our loved ones. We're so quick to want to put them in the red phone. We're so quick to want to, 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 to put them away somewhere because they're in our way or they, they're taking up our time or we, we can't fulfill our life because they're there in the way or they this or they that. But don't you understand it was because of them that you're here today. It's because of them that if you accomplish anything, it's because of your mom and dad was the one who helped you accomplish. So for that reason, you should think twice. Now, in some cases, there may not be no choice that you don't have to put them in a rest home. Thank God for facilities and rest homes and places that, that now is that once was. But some of you can, can do better than what you're doing. You can take your loved one home. You can, you can take care of them at the house. God will make a way some way or somehow. Don't be so quick to put them away. Then when you put them in a rest home, you don't even go see them. You, you don't show them no love, show them no compassion. But then when you do go, you just go to keep them being guilty. But it's time to be more compassionate towards our loved ones. It's time to be more compassionate towards our mothers. Even when they're of age, they still our mothers. He said, honor thy mother and thy father all the days of thy life. It doesn't give you the right to curse your mother or disrespect her as you get 60, 70 years old because you're grown. He said, all the days, as long as the blood is in her veins, you ought to respect her. You ought to honor her. You ought to curse her out. You ought to talk back her. You ought to behold her. You ought to love her. You ought to do what the disciple did, take her home in your heart and do all you can. Many of us don't have mothers. If I had my mother, I, it would be a privilege for me to take care of her, to take her into my home, which that is what I did before my mother died. I took her into my home and I took care of her until the day she closed her eyes. And I counted it a privilege. And I say to you, it's a privilege to take your mother home, to be there for her when she can't take her herself when she lose the ability to take care of herself, then you be a family member. You be a disciple. You be a loved one. You be one of the family members that won't be so busy that you can take out time to show love unto the family. You know, the scripture says he that don't look well to his household, it works for the infidel. It's bad to be born again and say we're Christian and we won't take care of our home. We won't take care of our husband. 
We won't take care of our wives. We won't take care of our children. An infidel is an unbeliever. An infidel is somebody that don't even believe. They don't even know the Lord. And we don't want to be that. We want to be. We don't want to be counted an infidel when we have the opportunity to show love. Love is something you show. It ain't something you talk about. I heard so many people in this generation talking about love. This, and, you know, old gentleman told me a long time ago, a love, love that has an empty hand ain't ain't no love. You come with an empty hand, somebody hungry, somebody need clothing, somebody need to be warm. You go to their house and pray, be ye fed, be ye warm, and be ye clothed. And don't stop by the store and get no oodles or noodles. Or stop by the store and get some brightly wet or get some bologna or bread. Don't stop by the store and get them something to drink. All you did was pray in vain or your prayer. They still, when you left, they're still hungry. When you left, they're still cold. When you left, they're still in the shape that they was. So next time you get ready to show love, put something in your hand. Because love carries things. Love does things. Love makes a difference. So remember now, Jesus entrusted his mother into the, into the hand of the disciples because she realized that he wasn't able to take care of her anymore. Be blessed. God Apostle. bless Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Truly, that was an awesome word. We will now hear our fourth word from Archbishop Marcia. Amen. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the Archbishop Dr. Marcia Karen Smith Abrams Almasi. Uh, this holy day, um, Good Friday, I want to welcome and say blessings to all. I'll be reading from the um, scripture found in St. Matthew chapter 27, Amen. Um, coming from verse 30, 44 through 54 in its entirety. I am over the Miking Service uh, radio and television broadcasting network and just thank God for Apostle uh, Dr. Marge Mercer, invite me to be a part of your broadcast tonight. Verse 44 reads, Then the thieves also which were crucified with him heat. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And above the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Bastamai, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that, saying, this man called for Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. Uh, the rest said, let be, let us see whether Eli, Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top of the, to the bottom, and the earth did quake and rocks rented. And the graves were open, and many dead bodies of saints, which were asleep, arose and came out of the grave from his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake 
and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. God bless the reading of his holy word. It says, my God, my God, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, why hast thou forsaken me? In this day and time where we live in, in the 21st century, a lot of people ask God the same thing. Uh, they find themselves in perilous times, conditions, financial heartaches, all kind of depression, state, oppression, depression. And they wonder why God, where is God? Why is God allowing war, rumors of war, torments, um, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, all this stuff? But the purpose behind God's uh, departing and separating himself from himself, which is Jesus Christ, we know it was God himself who first loved the world that he gave his only son, which was himself. He gave himself to the earth. But he had to separate himself because he cannot look on sin. He's a holy God. Even today, he cannot look on sin. And sin is the only separator uh, from um, God and man is sin, which is being disobedient. Um, But Jesus Christ was obedient to the cross. Why did God separate himself? Why did he forsake him? Jesus Christ did not want to the void of not having God, not even for a moment in time. And that's why the cry was so loud. It was agonizing. Uh, it was a total agony to to cry out that God has left you in total darkness. Darkness completely fell upon Jesus Christ. All of mankind's sin was upon Jesus Christ um, at that time. Uh, he was no longer God. God left, you know, and he was now human, feeling everything that human beings can feel for something he never even committed, a crime he did not commit. He did not sin against God. He was never uh, uh, in in any way, any means could anyone say um, or accuse him of not doing what his father had commanded him to do, was to be born and to um, bring everyone back to God, to reconcile mankind. You know, he's the, the second Adam, and all that Adam and Eve had done was disobeyed. They sinned against God. But this man took on the form of flesh and God in the flesh, and now he was accused and just totally beaten up and bruised and battered to unrecognizable state, they say. And some people depicted in the Passion of Christ, they kind of showed a little bit. But his skin was torn up, beaten with scorpion's whip and everything else. And, yeah, he cried. He didn't cry. He didn't say a mumbling word until that moment when God left him. God left him. And we ought to understand how important it is that we have God through the Holy Spirit in us because of Jesus Christ's death and burial and resurrection. We have the Holy Spirit in us. It's an honor to be a human being to say we have God living in us. How powerful is that? Amen? Praise God and bless his holy name. So I just want you to think about that. If if there's ever a time that you want to do something and you know in, in your common sense and your conscious mind that if I do this, this is the right way. If I don't do this, this is a total disobedience to not only the word of God but to the law of man, don't do it. Think about it because for God to, you know, you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know when your last 
day is going to be or your last breath that would literally go back to God, the breath of life, for God to leave you. Please consider your ways. As we honor Jesus Christ on this day, the holiest day of the year, Good Friday, moving into Resurrection Weekend, Saturdays and Sunday and Resurrection Monday, we just thank God for his obedience to the cross. I turn it back over to Apostle Dr. Margie Mercer. God bless you, Archbishop. Thank you so much for that awesome word. Again, you're listening to the seven last words of Christ. This is our commemoration, our Good Friday, our celebration that Jesus died for our sins. I want you at this time to call your neighbor, call your friend. Just take a moment as we play the sermonic hymn and to get others to tune in to this awesome service that God has given us speakers who will rightly divide the word of truth and give us revelation knowledge. God is speaking to us tonight. God bless you again. And the next person you will hear after the sermonic hymn will be Dr. James Ellis Jones. God bless you. Let us listen to Reverend Paul Jones. And remember... I won't complain. Amen. I had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. But when I, when I look around, yeah, I think things over. Dr. James Ellis Jones from Montrose, Virginia. 
I am affiliated with the Galilee Baptist Church in Montrose, where Dr. Joseph Hayden serves as pastor. Our scripture shall be taken from John 19, verse 28. It reads as such, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. Might God bless his already blessed word. I want to reason with you for a few minutes this evening from the thought, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? My brothers and my sisters, water is one of the greatest elements that God created on the face of the earth. For those of you who are science gurus, water is composed of two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen that is formed by a covalent bond. Hence, its molecular structure is H2O. The human body cannot perform at its optimum level without water. Y'all know what I'm talking about this evening. Just as a car cannot run without gasoline, our cells and organs that make up our entire anatomy depend on water for their functionality. Have I got one witness? So I stopped by to pose a question tonight, and that is, are you thirsty? Ah, I'm not talking about physical water, but I stopped by to talk about a water that is more profound than that. This water, if you drink of it, you shall never be thirsty again. And my brothers and sisters, this water cannot be found in any grocery store, for it is not bothered by Deer Park, Nestea, or even Dasani. This water is not even found in the many lakes and rivers that are stenciled into the great blueprint of this nation, for it is tapped from the fountain of God's grace, his amazing grace. I wish I had one witness who knew what I was talking about tonight. Are oh, you thirsty? In our text tonight, we found one of the last sayings of Jesus from the cross. He simply makes the declaration, I am thirsty. You have to understand that Jesus was in the midst of being crucified. Can't you see it in your mind's eye? He had been hanging on the cross for some time. He had already been insulted, beaten, and mocked by the soldiers. Nails in his hands, nails in his feet. In the midst of it all, Jesus looks up and says, I am thirsty. My brothers and sisters, we too are crying out all over this nation tonight with the same declaration, I am thirsty. <laughs> Somebody said, Brother Preacher, how am I thirsty? I am glad that you asked. Number one, we thirst for righteousness. In Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. As followers of Christ, we should always have a thirst for righteousness. We must seek to do what is right at all times. 
I believe I said that again. I said we must seek to do right at all times because if we don't stand for something, we will truly stoop for anything. We live in a world where anything goes, and man has begun to call the wrong the right and the right the wrong. We live in a world that says gay marriages are okay, but we must tell our children that the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. Have I got a witness? You see, we are living in a world that has caught a case of spiritual dehydration. Water is readily available to anyone in need. That is why Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. And you know I am from the country, and if my grandfather was here, he would say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I tell you, people are thirsty all over this world, and it is our job to share Jesus with them. Number two, we thirst for spiritual nourishment. Jesus also said, I am the bread of life. Whosoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whosoever believes in me shall not thirst. The world is in great need of spiritual nourishment. The world is in great need of a spiritual revival throughout this land. <clears throat> These are truly times that try the very souls of men. As many of you have heard me say before, we have bigger houses but less love in today's society. We have more degrees but less common sense. Are you thirsty? We have learned how to make a living but not a life. We have been all the way to the moon and back, but still have trouble speaking to one another in the same church. Hello, somebody. We live in a world that often leaves us feeling spiritually empty. But I stopped by to tell somebody that this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. I wish you understood me tonight. So God is saying to each of us on this Good Friday, are you thirsty? Yes, yes, family, my brothers and sisters, we thirst for salvation of the lost. Jesus was always concerned about the salvation of the lost. He said, I have other sheep that are not in this fold, and I must bring them in also. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we should always attempt to bring others into the family of Christ. We should also thirst for the salvation of the lost. We should long to see those that do not know Christ come to him. For truly, it is getting late in the evening, and the sun is going down. We must be willing to share the gospel at all times with anyone who will listen. It may be in the grocery store. It may be on our jobs. It may be in the marketplace but we shall always be willing to share our testimony. I don't know about you, but we need to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Tell them how one day when we were down and out, Jesus picked us up and turned us around and put our feet on a rock to stay. 
Have I got one witness that know what I'm talking about tonight? That ain't all he did. He put food on our many tables, put clothes on our back and a roof over our head. I know you don't understand me, but I said the Lord has been good to each one of us that are listening in tonight, more than this old world would ever be. Uh, I wish I could preach it the way I feel it. Is there anybody here who know the Lord has been good to you? Every time I think about the goodness of the Lord and all he has done for me, and church my soul cries out glory, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. And let me get on out of your way now. So good night out there in Radio Land. May the Lord bless you real good. I don't know about you, but thank God that one day I heard the voice of Jesus saying, Come on to me and rest. Lie down, thy weary one, lie down, thy head upon my breast. Can I tell you what I did? I came to Jesus just as I was. I was wounded, weary, and sad. But thank God tonight I found in him a sweet old resting place, and he has made me glad. That is why I am thirsty for Jesus. I am thirsty for righteousness, thirsty for spiritual nourishment, and thirsty for the salvation of the lost. We thirst for a nation where justice should roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Are you praying with me tonight? We thirst for a day when love and respect exist between all races and all brotherhood. And good God Almighty, we thirst for an era of peace when lions and lambs should sit down together at the table of peace. So in the words of the old hymnologist, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. Be my glory forever and ever. Tell my ransom, those you'll find, rest beyond the river. So let us stay close to the cross. And let us forever remember these momentous words, I am thirsty. May God bless you, and may heaven smile upon you. Amen and amen. Truly we enjoyed that awesome word by Dr. James Ellis Jones. We will now hear our six words from Apostle Dr. Anthony T. Mays. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Praise God. I tell you, there's been some good word coming forth, and I just give God glory, honor, and praise for the the preachers. I'm not going to say the speakers. For those who share the word of God, amen, so powerfully today in the name of Jesus Christ. And mine is John 30, John 19, verse 30. Jesus said, I thirst. Amen. He said, I thirst. I'm, I'm sorry. It is, please help me. I'm so happy I've been listening to all this good word. And uh, it is finished. Praise God. Let's, let's, let's work that a little bit. I like the amplified version, if you don't mind. I like that amplified version where 
where Jesus, uh, where it says hey, so clearly in the Greek, Latin, Hebrew, and Arabic, amen, I, you say, it is finished. And and, 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 and let's see what it says here in the Amplified Version. Because the Bible says, in all thy getting, get an understanding. Jesus spoke to all these languages. Amen. I only speak. I'm, anyway, I'm Apostle Mays from the uh, World Power Gospel Radio, World Power Global Television Network, and uh, also the Prelate over Faith Deliverance Breakthrough Ministries Worldwide. And uh, we just give God glory, honor, and praise. We just love the Lord. We bless his holy name. I want to welcome everyone to this to this broadcast tonight. Amen. Give honor to that great woman of God, the Honorable Apostle Dr. Mercer, my daughter, and I love her to life. Amen. Praise God. She's doing some great things. She's on some powerful radio stations. We're doing about 48, over 48 million, amen, uh, right here today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just bless every clergy, everyone that uh, came on the line here tonight. And I would try to keep this in the perspective so that I can keep the time, uh, uh, you know, in the direction that you want. John, John, St. John 19 and 30 in the Amplified Version say when Jesus had received the sour wine, the cup, he said, it finished. Amen. And 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 bowed his head, amen, and volunteered a grave up his and gave up his spirit. He volunteered and gave up his spirit. He said, It is finished. And if I can do like my brother did a few minutes ago, I like to give a subject title. You're looking and you're hearing his finished product. Good glory to God. I am his finished product. That's why I can tell every demon that's walking, every demon that's crawling, amen, that number one, I am Jesus' finished product. Glory to God. When he say it is finished, in the Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, that Greek word finished, amen, is a Phoenicima. Phoenicima means that, number one, it's completed. There's nothing else needs to happen here. Amen. It's taken care of. Amen. Amen. There's no other action is needed to take place right here. Amen. No other action is needed to take place. It, whatever it is, whatever it was hindering us, from seeing the face of God, Jesus finished the product. Amen. And I'm in his finished product. Every one of us born-again believers, amen, is God's finished product. Amen. After he had drank the cup, Jesus came and he, he gave, up the, gave up the ghost and he said, it is finished. In other words, it is complete. There's nothing else need to be done right here. See, God doesn't do anything haphazardly, but God does everything, amen, complete. Everything that God said he was going to do, he did it. And when God spoke and creation came, guess what? It was finished then, but in the in the form of humanity, 
when Jesus came, amen, to take care of us, guess what? Now he had to finish the product. Everything he looked at, he says, I must do what my father said do. So what does it mean? It's significant, but it is finished. Jesus' words, amen, in John 19.30, Jesus' words, it is finished, seems strange after all the things that he went through and died. My God, on the cross, amen. So uh, what had he uh, uh, finished? He had finished everything that God sent him to finish. My God, my God. Anthony T. Mays needed to be finished, and when Jesus finished on the cross, he finished what needs to happen in my life. Amen. Praise God. The audience was standing out there. Amen. They were trying to find out what in the world is this man talking about. Amen. Praise God. When I look and see where I was before, amen, and where I am now, 58 years in ministry, amen, Jesus is the one that worked on me before I started in the ministry. It was finished before any any problems and situations happened in my life. It is finished because I am his finished product. Hallelujah. Jesus' last last saying, amen, on the cross, amen, praise God. Some, Some ministries today use the seven different speakers like we're doing tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And each one person comes out with a powerful message like these have done tonight. But one of the last, amen, things that Jesus said on the cross was, it, oh, my God, is finished. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Amen. Praise God. It is finished. Not it will be, not it can be, but finished. Amen. That's that, that's that, Good God, hallelujah. I think y'all got me happy here. It is finished. When God finished things, amen, praise God, finiste, finiste ma. Amen. God finished it, and he finished it real good. Finiste ma means that there's nothing else needs to happen on this project that Jesus came to do. He was on a mission from the Father. Good God, hallelujah. Amen. Those of you all around the radio, all around radio land and television land. Listen, you better listen to this. Amen. Apostle Dr. Uh, uh, Mercer Marja, amen, Marja Mercer, she has really brought up something here good tonight. Powerful preachers. Amen. Excellent. It is finished. Amen. Why did Jesus say that? It, it is finished. Amen. And what does that really mean? Amen. You and I sometimes look around. And we say, what else is going on? And all of the stuff that's going on in the world today, all we got to do is say what Jesus already said. Hallelujah. Democrats, Republicans, amen, black, white, it doesn't matter. Everything that God has planned for, uh, to happen, it is finished. When in the Bible, in the Bible, where the Bible says, amen, the Bible says Jesus said, it is finished. Amen. God didn't say it is finished because God finished it. Hallelujah. Amen. When he looked at me, he finished it. Amen. But amen. In my life. But guess what? Flying those helicopters and, and, and getting hurt in Vietnam and dying on the dead man pile and those kind of things. Whenever I breathe the last breath, 
God said it is. Jesus said it is finished. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, I'm getting happy here tonight. Amen. The four Gospels provide four accounts of Jesus' death. Amen. Amen. Finding, amen, seven things that Jesus said, amen, on the cross. Amen. Requires you and I to read it and understand it and be responsible to that, that it is finished. It is finished. Jesus said, amen, amen, it is finished. Hallelujah. In his language, he said, amen, finissima, finissima. I finish it with my life. I finish it with the glory. I finish it with the power of God. I finish it with God's word. When God's word speaks, he said it is finished. My God, my God. When he had received the drink, Jesus said it is finished. Yeah, it is finished. Amen. With that, amen, he bowed his head and did what? Gave up his spirit. Amen. We, we see that in John 19.30. Amen. Praise God. And then guess what? In the Greek word, amen, praise God, we see, amen, that number one, it was finished. And, and we can see another word, amen, talilistia, amen, that means it's finished by God. It's finished and nobody never has to come back and accomplish anything else because it's already finished by the power of God. Amen. Praise God. It's already finished by the anointing of God, by the word of God. Every word that God spoke is, is, is solid and sealed. That's why Jesus could go back and pull up his father's word. Amen. His father, when he spoke it, he spoke it and it was everything was made. Everything was done from Genesis to Revelation. Everything was done. So Jesus said, it is finished. Anthony made sin is finished. Hallelujah. The only thing I had to do was turn my life over to Jesus Christ. Amen. What happened before Jesus said it? Amen. It was finished. Amen. As the as the <laughs> as we go through this word, we'll find different accounts where Jesus uh, was crucified. Amen. They took his robes off and gave him vinegar and did all this stuff, and he went to the cross. Amen. They were trying to find a way. Amen. To crucify him, they couldn't find no fault in him. Because what? It was already finished before he went to the cross. I don't care what happened in your life today. Amen. Praise God. When demons come your way, you can say it's finished. When trouble come your way, you can say it is finished. Why are you saying it's finished? Because Jesus was on his way to the cross, and guess what? He knew in his mind, in his heart, that it was finished. Now, we know that Jesus cried out, amen, in a loud voice, as they said tonight, amen, right before he died. Amen. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Amen. If we, amen, if we are, are, are combined together, they try to get evidence on him. They try to find thought on him. They're trying to, amen, say he was blessed for me. But let me tell you one thing. Jesus went to the cross with a finished mind in process. And that's why when you hear me talking, when you hear, when you see me preaching, amen, praise God. That's because, amen, I'm his finished product. I would be nothing without him. Amen, praise God. The four gospels shows that I'm complete, that I'm finished. Amen, I'm the finished product. Amen, I believe that, that it's possible, amen, and, and reasonable whenever we can stand on everything that God is saying, and he said it through his son, Jesus Christ, it is finished. A 
remember Jesus' word. It is finished. I am the finished process, progress. I'm the finished product of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You're looking all over the world today, over 48 million people. You're looking at Jesus' finished product. Hallelujah. When I accepted Jesus Christ, amen, I can say in my life, it is finished. John's gospel is one of that one of that that tells us and let us know that Jesus said, I thirst. We covered all that. Amen. Praise God. And and my mother and everything. And I just love that Matthew twenty eight, uh, uh Matthew twenty eight fifty and, and Matthew and a lot of scriptures, but I know that I'm working on time. Amen. But I just want to let you know that before after Jesus took the cup. Hallelujah. After he finalized everything that the Father wanted him to do, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world, in every language, it, Jesus said, it is finished. In Russia. Come on, shout glory. Amen. Praise God. Sheshe in, in, in Korea. Amen. In China. Amen. In Korea. It is finished. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. In German, alles finished. Amen. You better get it today because everything come your way. All you got to do is say it is finished. Tell everybody you're looking at his finished product right now. And I bless God for you. All of you have done a tremendous job. Ladies and gentlemen, World Power Gospel Radio, World Power Global Television Network, and we just bought a new uh, 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 television station called World Global Television. Over 106 million people over 800,000 souls are being saved around the world, amen, because of the gospel that's running 24 hours a day. And I want to say you're looking and you're listening to, amen, Jesus' finished product. God bless you, Apostle. I better give it back to you because I feel the preaching helping, <laughs> but I want to be obedient. Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Holy God. Good God Almighty. Thank you so much, Apostle. You have just heard from Dr. Anthony T. Mays. Truly, we enjoyed that word. Let us hear our seventh word now as we turn it over, along with the summarization, from Reverend Leroy Rice, and God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. I bring greetings tonight from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I give honor to him. I give honor to Apostle Mercy and all those that came on tonight. It's just good to be able to enter into another Good Friday to acknowledge our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So on this Good Friday, our simple selves or all our sins rest with Jesus here in his tomb. Our transgressions are fully atoned. And I'm going to be mine coming from Luke to 23rd chapter in the 46th verse. And then Jesus called out with a loud voice and said, Father, unto your hand I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. I'm going to use tonight for a subject, it's time to rest. It's time to rest. When the work is all done and when the task is completed, when what must be accomplished is achieved, 
when all is finally finished, well, then it's time to rest. When the seventh word was spoken by our Lord on the cross, it is finished, it was. Jesus therefore uttered his seventh and final word. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. My brothers and sisters in Christ, now all things for the atonement of our sins have been accomplished. It's time to rest. That is the significance of our Lord's last words on the cross. Having completed his work of redemption, he does as he did in the creation in Genesis 2-3. He takes the rest. Perhaps we could even express his final words in today's street. Father, I am out here. Remember tonight, my sisters and brothers, Jesus went to the cross as a willing and humble, suffering servant. He told his disciples in the garden that the angels would be standing down. Matthew 26 and 53 tells us he would now go it alone. We used to think that the greater numbers especially when facing opportunities and oppositions, the better chance of holding fast and holding out is that you know the sin. We can hang together or we can hang separate. We think that should uh, show our side comes down to the last man. Our cause is suddenly lost and show the last man that died. All will attention, but dash hope. Not so with the passion of our Lord, where he goes. He goes alone, but where he goes, he goes not just as a suffering servant, but also as our champion. As the second Adam, Jesus faced off against the powers of sin, death, and the unholy spirit. On the cross, he defeats them all with nothing in his hands but nails and blood. When it comes to similarly biblical champions, we used to think of the face off that David had with Goliath and others like it. After the trash talking, it's time to get down to the conflict at hand. And we always think that if our man dies, we lose. Not so with our Lord Jesus. It was not in his standing, but rather in his dying that we went. The powers of darkness were defeated by his death. By that death, we get light. It's a done deal, my sisters and my brothers. And now it's time for the Sabbath rest. Dearly beloved in Christ, it's time also for you to rest. So this good Friday, our sinful selves and all our sins rest with Jesus here in his tomb. 
Our transgressions are fully atoned. Father, into your hand I commend my spirit. As a son commends his spirit to the Father, he commends our as well. We get to rest. They took our Lord's dead body off the cross and laid it in the dominated tomb of Joseph. And how fitting the Sabbath day of rest was about to begin. And the body of Jesus was put into the earth and laid to rest. The earth is the designated place to rest from the death to sin with his body. The body of our sins were also laid to rest in that dark, cold tomb. As the apostle has taught us, our old Adam was crucified and buried with him in our baptism, and we can therefore reconcile ourselves dead to sin permanently. The death he died, he died once for us all. So you may rest from the penalty of your sins forever. So on this good Friday, our sins for selves and all our sins rest with Jesus here in his tomb. Our transgressions are fully atoned. Our enslavement to the law has been overcome. God has become completely reconciled to us. Just as we are, we rest in these amazing Relatives, as we join to the crucified, dead, and buried Jesus, we must understand, my sisters and brothers, that for Jesus, however, this is just a short nap. He is not long for this tomb. He would be proclaiming the hell of it and all to the devil and all the souls in prisoner very soon. And then he will make our ears burn as we hear of, of his empty tomb. But for our old sinful selves, our sins, they will remain buried in this tomb forever. They are finished, and we may rest on that. It's all over now, but the shouting that we can start with some of that. Tomorrow night, my sisters and brothers, we can start with some of that. And as I move on just a little further now, I'm going to move on and sum up the last seven words that have been spoken here tonight. Because Jesus is still in the midst of us, my sisters and my brothers. As we reflect on Christ's sacrifice this Good Friday, the seven last words gives us power, insight into his thoughts, as took on all the sins of mankind upon himself with these words. He forgives his enemies, forgives the uh, potential thief, cries out to God, and, and declares the end of the earthly life. May this brief reflection guide you into your uh, observance of the Good Friday. My first, the first word that was spoken is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You find that in Luke 23 and 34. The Father already knows that the Son is, uh, is thinking, but 
through these words, the Father and the Son invites us into their thinking. They make us aware that forgiveness is offered to us through this sacrifice and that through forgiveness we are free from the sin and lies that trap us. Uh, the second word that was spoken here tonight was, may I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. We find that in Luke 23:43. Uh, the potential three, see, acknowledged his guilt and witnessing it and was welcomed by Christ. We too can find salvation if we acknowledge our sinfulness. The third word that was spoken here tonight was, Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. John 19, 26. And this word turns out uh, our blaze from the, the, for the drama of the cross to those standing at the foot of the cross. It established Mary not only as John's mother, but also as mother in our mother in the faith. The fourth word tonight, as, as someone had spoke, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We find that in Matthew 27 and 46. Jesus is quoting here Psalms 22. He embraces his suffering by speaking to the Father with the word. The psalm resolves in triumph and hope as wills Christ's suffering. The Father does uh, doesn't abound, abandon Christ, rather Christ abandoned himself to the Father. The fifth word here tonight that was spoken is, I thirst, John 19, 28. At the beginning of Mother Teresa's ministry, Jesus appeared to her and, and told her to form a community that would satisfy his thirst for souls. Similar, at the cross, we see Jesus thirsty, not just as physical level, but on the divine level, expressing his longing for us to come to know and love him. The sixth word tonight that was spoken here is, it is finished. Matthew 27 and 46. With these words, we see the healing of creation. The Father's wrath is satisfied. His compassion is delivered to his people. And we are gifted with freedom, cleanliness, and grace. And the final and last word that was spoken here tonight is that he says, Father, unto thy hands I commend my spirit. Find it in Luke 23, 46. And Jesus bowed his head and, and hands over his spirit and hands over his spirit to his father. For us all, heard and gracious moment proclaims that the past is finished. A bright future is open to all. The crucifixion points to a path of hope. Taking the redeemer to a never-ending future with Jesus, his father, and the Holy Spirit. That sums up all the seven words that have been spoken here tonight about Jesus' crucifixion on the cross. I just want to say, God bless each and every one of you. 
Keep on keeping on. Keep your hand in God's hand, and everything will be all right. We've been mighty do for a night, but I find that joy comes in the morning through Jesus Christ. I turn this part over, back over to Apostle Mercer at this time. God bless you all. Yes, at this time, we want to invite you now to the plan of salvation. We ask that you come to your radio. We ask that you move closer to your TV set or Facebook account. And we want you to sup with us, to concentrate, to open up your heart and your soul as Archbishop give you the invitation for those who need the plan of salvation, and for others who want to come back to God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's turn it over to Archbishop, after which we will have our corporate prayer, our closing prayer with Dr. James Ellis Jones. God bless you again. This is our Good Friday service. We are commemorating the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Archbishop. Amen, 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 amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for all the spoken words that have been said. We thank you, Lord God, for today. We ask you, Lord God, as Jesus Christ said, into my hands, into thy hands I give myself. Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to look upon your people everywhere around the globe, Lord God, as we reach uh, over 110 countries in the world in various languages. We ask you, Lord God, to look upon each and every one who may be in their living room, uh, dining room, in their bedroom, uh, driving the 18-wheeler truck or in their car, in the park or wherever they may be, Lord God, let them look up to you and surrender their life to you and ask you, Lord God, to come into their heart, come into their mind, come into their soul, come into their spirit as they give up themselves to you, Lord God. 
and they find a church home where Ma and Pa uh, would, uh, or a major church, a mega church, or someone that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they'll give their life to this church and that they will learn to glean through your words, to get understanding, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for cleansing them right now, Lord God. They ask, Father, forgive me for our sin. I've sinned against man and I've sinned against you. And I repent of my sin this day. I ask you, Lord God, to forgive me and to come into my heart, come into my mind, come into my soul, come into my spirit. Use me now, Lord God, from this day forward, that I will do your perfect will here on this earth, Lord God. As each and every one has spoken this word and they surrender their lives to you, Lord God, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them right now, Lord God. Because it was the blood, it was the blood, the blood that will never lose its power, Lord God, for he died for our sins, Lord God, to reconcile us to the, the world, to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, and we appreciate what your son, Jesus Christ, has done for us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for these souls that are hearing the sound of my voice and the sound of all the ministers and the ministerial staff, Lord God, as they impart the word of God to each and every one who will listen to this broadcast who will download this broadcast forever, Lord God, and repent of their sin, Lord God, and come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. You said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. And we thank you, Lord God, for forgiving them now, Lord God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And by his stripes they are all healed. From every sickness, every diseases, every torment of sin, Satan, you have no longer any power over these that have repented and have given their life to Jesus Christ right now. We thank you, Lord God, that he has no hold. O debt, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Jesus Christ, he's resurrected for us all to save us from our sins and to, li- to deliver us to the one true and living God. Thank you, Lord God, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen and amen. Dr. James Ellis Jones. Amen. Let us bow in a word of prayer. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dares and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, it is once again that we bow to say, we come first of all thanking you for the fact that over 2,000 years ago, you died out on an old rugged cross. And, but three days later, you arose with all power right in the palm of your hands. And we just stopped by to say thank you. Then, Lord, we thank you for what our ears have heard tonight, reminding us that you died for us and that it is our job to tell men, women, boys, and girls to come to Christ while they have a chance. So, Lord, we just ask that you would bless everyone under the sound of my voice and let them know that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And 
they shall mount up with wings of eagles. And then, Lord, we ask that you would bless each one of the preachers here tonight. And might they continue to preach in season and out of season. Somebody may be listening who may be sick in their body, but yet we ask that you would touch in the name of Jesus. Let them know that they can still touch the hem of your garment, and you will truly make them whole. Somebody may be lost and confused that is listening in. Let them know that you are a great mind regulator, and they can still trust and depend on you, and you will provide a sense of direction. So, Lord, we ask that you would just love each one of us like only you can love. Continue to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we have not room enough to receive. We ask that you would continue to enlarge our territories one by one, and might we be a blessing to somebody else and help uplift the name of Jesus. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. We thank you so much for tuning in to our Good Friday service. We thank you for listening to our speakers. We encourage you to tune in to the radio, the TV, Facebook, anything that's going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as he said, it is finished and it is amen. Let us leave out now praising God on one accord. Again, you've been listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer, and God bless you. As we all do a corporate praise together, let us praise him and call on the name of Jesus. Amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.